So, welcome, Dr. Reed. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, guys. So, for a quick introduction, Dr. Reed is a clinical psychologist by training and the director of counseling at St. Mark's School of Texas. She received a bachelor's of science at Texas A&M and a PhD at UT Southwestern and has been leading the St. Mark's community since 2014. So first off, could you tell us about what your job entails and what you do on a day-to-day basis? Oh man, I love that question. So I will say this, um, people ask me all the time, hey, can you tell, give me like your average schedule? And almost every day of mine is totally different. So on a daily basis, I can know basically what period I'm teaching that day, but the rest of the day is completely up for grabs, yeah. basically. So I might have students come in to see me. I might have a parent meeting. I may be meeting with other teachers. I might be um, observing in a classroom. There's so much different stuff that goes on, and that's part of what I love about my job, actually, is that it's not very predictable. So it makes it fun and makes the day go by fast. Okay. That's cool. That's cool. So if you could say one thing you, you love about your job the most, what would it be? I mean, the people. <laughs> For sure. I mean, you guys are all amazing. And um, getting to work with, I love working with the middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just like eager. They want to learn. Mm-hmm. They are able enough to like incorporate the things that we talk about and make changes. So I love seeing things get better. Yeah, basically. that's so. good. That's good. What's the most stressful and what's the most difficult part of your job? Uh, you guys are going to laugh at parent meetings. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah parent meetings are the hardest because, you know, parents, like, they love you guys so yeah, much. The they come in with so so many hopes and fears, mm-hmm. and they just want things to go well. And, mm-hmm. and so I, I get where it comes from, and sometimes that's just probably the hardest part is the meeting with parents. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, could you walk us through, like, your career mindset through, like, high school and college? Like, what – did you know you wanted to become – um, a doctor like in high school? Okay, so I was sure I was going to go to medical school. Uh-oh. I really thought I wanted to be a medical doctor. Mm-hmm. And so I started at, as a biology major. Yeah. <laughs> that was not the right fit Dang, for me. That's what I'm it was not. I mean, if you love the science and the math of it, like mm-hmm. then it'll be for you. Um, I, I mean, my freshman year was like biology, chemistry, uh, I think organic chemistry came yeah. later, but um, it was it was tough. But also, I started to figure out in my college, my time in college, that I really wanted to spend most of my time with people. Yeah. And I started to become worried that as a doctor, I'm the people part that is the part that I like the most was probably like a smaller piece of what the real the full job is for mm-hmm. a, a medical yeah. doctor. And as a psychologist, I'm in the room with people from the minute one to the yeah. final minute, which is mm-hmm. very cool. So I still got my Bachelor of Science because I knew I wanted to do clinical psych. Yeah. And clinical psych is a little different than like counseling psychology. Clinical psychologists work in hospital settings. They can work in mental illness, like hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of with the most ill, mentally yeah. ill patients. And so it's definitely a specialty <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, counseling psychologists on the other, on the other end are more likely to end up as counselors, uh, so like having a private practice mm-hmm. or working in a school. Okay. So as a clinical psychology student, I worked in the psychiatric emergency room at Parkland, mm-hmm. which was intense. Wow. It's <laughs> such a cool experience. Yeah. Though. I mean, like really, really very cool. So still was able to work in the hospital setting, which mm-hmm. is really where I thought I wanted to end up. Yeah. And I did that for eight years before I came to St. Mark's. I worked in the hospital, but just as a psychologist. Cool. So I still got to learn all the medical stuff. Mm-hmm. I got to work with people who had 
medical um, issues and illnesses who were admitted to the hospital for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. So I was still a part of the medical team. I just got to do what I wanted to do during the day, like as my job, which was pretty cool. So what was different about being in that hospital setting versus being in a school setting? Like that's uh, yeah, that seems like a drastic change right there. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was. So I um after a while in the hospital, the hospital is a hard place mm-hmm. to be, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and I worked with really ill children, and I worked with some children mm-hmm. who passed away, yeah. and there was just some there were some seriously teary nights at home that were just like, can I keep doing this, you know? And I I think eventually it came to the point where this opportunity at St. Mark's literally came out of the blue, like wasn't looking for anything. Mm -hmm. I got dragged to a luncheon, a networking luncheon by a friend who was like, you can't eat lean cuisines at your desk every day. You've got to get out there. Uh-huh. Like, we, there's all these people in the community. We need, mm-hmm. need to meet them. And um, I showed up there, and Miss Fandry, who used to be the director oh, of counseling, right. was at that lunch. That and cool. she said, I'm looking for somebody. And I was like, hmm. That's, that seems like me right okay, there. Okay, yeah. And then on the car ride home with my friend, because she drove, she, I was like, so uh, are you going to maybe apply for that job? And she was like, no, I don't think so. I was like, Okay, <laughs> so maybe I'll think about it. But um, I'm glad I did because I I didn't know anything about St. Mark's or, um, but I knew I love school. I love school. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a nerd. I love school. Oh. So I'm happy to be at school every day. I'm happy to be with people and mm-hmm. like interacting and collaborating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Does it ever get like kind of like I don't know? Just kind of like boring. Like you have to go over the same issues over and over again, or just like see the same people over and over again and know that's the job that you have to do. That's a really good question. It doesn't ever get boring mm-hmm. because there's like constant growth. Yeah. So even if I'm talking to like 12 different kids and they're all, they all have ADHD mm-hmm. and they're all struggling, yeah. some of the advice I give is probably the same, but it, it gets tailored to every kid and mm-hmm. every kid's situation is different. So that makes it unique. Yeah. It's very, um, you really have to be very creative mm-hmm. to do this job because you've got to like, you can't just do what you were talking about. Yeah, like one size fits all. Yeah, Yeah, you you really have to to tailor it. And Mm. the relationship is huge. Mm -hmm. So being good at making relationships and having people like you, it kind of sounds silly, but the more they like you, the more they listen to your advice. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a theologian named Frederick Buchner wrote that your vocation in life is where your greatest joys align with the world's greatest needs. So like you, there's a lot of people who enjoy studying um, psychology why does the world need psychology students? Oh man, that's a be- first of all a beautiful quote. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Uh, I think. Let me look around, guys. If we are we are in a time where psychology is like at the forefront of the need yeah. right now. I mean, with what happened with COVID, the suicide rates are increasing, mm-hmm. and the thing that gets buried in the headlines is that the suicide rates increased after COVID. They were already on the rise Mm -hmm. before COVID hit. So basically it went like this, COVID Mm -hmm. hit, and then it went like this. And people are like, look how terrible it is. It's like, Mm -hmm. it was already on on its way there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think we need people who can help folks cope with what's going on in the world and like recognize what their needs are and and build skills to handle life. Because life is hard. Life is hard. It is. So do you have like, when you were um, doing your clinical research and stuff like that, so... Did you just go in just like kind of reacting to what the patient um, like said or, or did you just go in with like a plan trying to like every day trying to get somewhere like almost like a path or something like that? Yeah. So there's different schools of thought for psychologists. Um, mm-hmm. There's some folks out there who do what's called cognitive behavioral therapy mm-hmm. and 
when it comes to things like that, like to therapies like that, there's a plan. So mm-hmm. there's like a daily, like, here's what we're going to talk about yeah. today. I'm going to teach you this strategy and this skill. And then there's other therapies that are much more like person centered and yeah. um, oriented towards just like being there with you mm-hmm. and providing unconditional positive regard towards you. Yeah. So it really depends on what you practice. Mm-hmm. And so depending on my area that I was in, that's mm-hmm. kind of the technique I would employ okay. as I was learning. Mm-hmm. Now my strategy is much more diverse. So, you know, if you're, for example, depressed, mm-hmm. right? There are some cognitive behavioral strategies that are like tried and true. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely going to teach you those, yeah. <laughs> you know, like because I know they work. Mm-hmm. But I'm also going to spend a lot of time listening and helping you figure out your own yeah. stuff too. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So, being more educated in psychology leads to understanding of things like um, the mind, personality types, and tendencies. So, how do you know whether this knowledge can be used for good, like in uh, advising someone and helping them get through their problems, or for bad, like manipulating someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> So I I would say my default belief is that most people are good and that generally people's intentions are positive. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, there are people out there who use all kinds of tips and tricks Mm -hmm. for nefarious reasons, you know. Um, But I think for the most part, generally people who get in this profession are people who want to help other people. Mm. So it's pretty, it's a lot of work and a lot of learning to just trick people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. So... Uh, through all these years, what what are some valuable lessons that you've learned? Mm, well, I would say, and I don't know if you guys want to get into the college thing, but yeah, um, but I think that's one of the ones that I think I would learn so I, that I've learned for sure was so I grew up in Virginia, mm. and my whole youth wanted to go to University of Virginia, like that was like the dream, right? Like that's like the Hogwarts in my mind, like the oh, Ivy crawling cool. up, yeah. the, you know, like Thomas Jefferson went there. Like, I mean, that's like, you know, that was my goal. Mm. And then my parents moved us to Rhode Island randomly two years before I had to go to college. Uh. So that made me lose in-state yeah. since mm-hmm. I was no longer in-state. So mm-hmm. that made it real, real expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy expensive. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was going to be in-state and then all of a sudden I was going to be an out-of-state student. Mm-hmm. And then when I applied, um, I guess my junior year, I, or at the end of my junior year, I was like, I don't care. I'm going, I'm going to UVA. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care if I'm in Rhode Island. I'm going to go yeah. to UVA. And, you know. uh, and so I applied and I got in. Miracle mm-hmm. of miracles. And I was convinced like that's where I was going. And then my dad was like, you know what? Like, let's go see it. Because I haven't mm-hmm. actually even seen it. I've yeah. always seen pictures. But mm-hmm. he's like, let's just go see it. So we got on a plane and we flew to Richmond, I think. Mm-hmm. And then we rented a car back then. That was the 90s. So we rented a Mustang. Okay. <laughs> That's uh-huh. what you yeah. would rent. That was like the stereotypical rental car in the mm-hmm. 90s. Um, and so it started, it was like March maybe, maybe a little earlier. And mm-hmm. it started to snow. Ooh. And it started to blizzard snow. Like, <laughs> oh, like, like, no. the, like God was dumping snow <laughs> on top of us. Yeah. And so the cars in front of us started to swerve. Mm-hmm. The Mustangs rear-wheel drive, of course. So yeah, it was like fishtailing all <laughs> yeah. over the place. And um, my dad was like, look, we're not going to make it. Like, we're, we need to pull over. We have to, we're in trouble, basically. Mm. So we didn't make it to UVA. Yeah. I did not get to see it. Dang. Um, which I was still like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going there. Yeah. That's where we're going. So then my parents were like, well, we're moving to Dallas. Um, we'd love for you to be closer. Would you consider maybe a Texas school? Like, mm. like what about Texas A&M? And I was like, 
first of all, I had never heard of Texas A&M because I wasn't a college yeah. football fan. Mm-hmm. Literally never heard of it, which now I'm like, that's ludicrous. It's so enormous. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. you know. But back then I had no idea. And I was like, no, I could do a teenage dice fit. Yeah. I was like, forget it. I'm not going there. Mm. And then my dad was like, look, I'm going on business. Come with me down there. Um, just check it out. Yeah, fine. I'm gonna check it out. So we get to AM and it's like Howdy Week, Parents Weekend, Uh, all the stuff is happening. And I don't know about y'all don't know this about me, but I was voted most spirited in high school. (laughs) Like literally in the yearbook, like most spirited. Uh So I get to AM and everybody's like, Howdy and all the core guys are like tipping their hats Mm -hmm. and the I mean it it was just like so fun. It was like Disneyland basically. And I was like, (laughs) These are my people. Like this is this is where I belong. I like, and I literally mm. walked into the admissions office and I was like, I have to go here. <laughs> and, and they were like, did you apply here? <laughs> and I was like, no, I, I will rectify that immediately. Yeah. Like what do I do? And thankfully, like I had done well enough on the SAT and all that mm. stuff that they took me at A&M. Mm-hmm, but cool. I got in so late because mm. I hadn't applied at the right times or anything that I literally had my own I had a handicapped room in the dorms by myself. Oh, I didn't even have a roommate because they were like, where can we put this girl? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> they put me in a corner, basically. But it was fine. And I loved A&M. And I would never have chosen it. Like I, th- yeah. I think sometimes we have to be open to things changing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have this mindset that it has to go a certain way. You know, or like mm-hmm. it has to be Ivy League. Yeah. I mean, like UVA is way more impressive than A&M. It just is, like from a name recognition standpoint, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I learned so much there. I mean, I learned stuff there that I would not have learned at UVA. I know for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the connections I made there are incredible. I mean, I worked in a mouse lab. I was like okay. taking out spinal cords. Oh. I was, you know, it was, it was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was a really incredible place to be. So I think that's my number one takeaway from college, at least is like be open to like where the world takes you. Right. You'll find where you belong. Okay. Have you ever come across failure and how do you deal with that? I mean, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, I would say the the biggest failures when I is when I feel like I've let my patients down. Like if I feel like things aren't getting better, or if I come across a patient that I don't feel like I've really connected with, mm. um, and I really want to help and I and I can't, that's really hard. Mm. Especially in the hospital, I mm. have a lot of yeah. patients that had chronic pain, and chronic pain is one of those really hard things to tackle. Uh, and s- sometimes it's like treatment is miraculous and people are like I feel better yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're good and other times the pain is so entrenched that it's really hard to help them and so those were probably the times that I would like the drive homes where I'd be like oh yeah. <laughs> what am I doing now this is how can I do better mm-hmm. you know it's hard mm-hmm. so on another note so um I'm just gonna cut the because the question is kind of long so eastern medicine attempts to like have like pre- preventative medicine so like do you have like things or preventative like tactics that you use to try to um stop things like depression and things like that before like it sets on yeah absolutely so just literally this earlier this week at the ibsc conference Mm -hmm. i presented a seminar on self care for educators Mm -hmm. and it was basically like 50 slides worth of stuff like that that you can do to help try to prevent the onset of depression Mm -hmm. so Depression is real. It's chemical, right? Um, I think we finally are understanding that. I think we used to think of it as weakness. Yeah. But it's like, we don't make fun of people who have diabetes. We're yeah. not like, oh, your pancreas stinks. Like, yeah. you know, like, like, we get that their body has is having doing something chemically that, you know, makes them need medicine and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, depression, I think for a long time we didn't get that. Mm-hmm. We do now. But there are ways to prevent it. So, like, 
I mean, it sounds so silly. It's such a cliche, but like getting good sleep, yeah. staying hydrated, mm-hmm. resting, like doing things you love, um, balancing your life so that you're not super stressed mm-hmm. and you're not like, you know, feeling like you're going in 12 directions at the same time. All those things matter. Connection is probably the number one. Mm. So hanging out with friends and like people who love you and that kind of thing. That's cool. Mm-hmm. So counseling seems like a super other oriented approach or a pursuit. How do you go about this and include yourself in it basically and not leave yourself behind and like prevent burnout? Absolutely. Yeah. Self-care for counselors is huge. And honestly, there's a lot of burnout in the profession because mm. generally people who get into it, much like the medical profession, they're doing it for others. That's the idea. And they, mm-hmm. and they do leave themselves behind. So my strategy is that I do, I leave it all in the field, basically like when I'm in the room with someone, I do everything I can. And then when I go home, I feel like I did everything I could. Yeah. Right? Like, mm. I don't, and I mean, there are a lot of psychologists out there who will think like, oh, but what if, I did you know, this, this yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, mm. or, and what if I could just get them to, you know, I could change mom and dad's perspective on this one aspect or, mm-hmm. you know, they should let him quit swimming, you know, like, <laughs> and like why won't they just let him yeah. quit swimming, you know, silly things like that. But like. If I leave it all on the field, then I feel like I did my job. And that's been really good for me to be able to compartmentalize. Like, this is work. This mm-hmm. is home. Okay. Yeah, so you just keep the balance in between. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's yeah, good. you really have to. And, you know, the boundary stuff is really important. And mm-hmm. that, when you go to school for psychology, you learn quickly, very early on, yeah. about boundary setting. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're not, you're not a friend to that person. Mm-hmm. Like, you, it's a very different role. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I mean, friendship is super important. This is a very different, I hate to say elevated. I don't even really mean it that way. It's almost like on another plane. Mm-hmm. Um, and the responsibility is huge because you're that person's caregiver. They look to you to do them no harm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's important to be able to like set really strong boundaries and those boundaries help with burnout. That's cool. That's okay. cool. So if you could boil it down to one message that you could give to everybody listening to this, like what would you, what would you boil it down to? Hmm. Well, if the question is sort of where to, how to choose something to do to end up in the right place for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah? Uh, I would say think first about how you want your days to look like. So there's a lot of people who are like, Oh, I'd love to be a lawyer. Right. That's Mm -hmm. so interesting to me. And I, my husband's a lawyer, so I'm, I, I'm, I agree. Being a lawyer is cool. Now the question is, do you want to be in a courtroom? Do you want to be in a corporate office? Do you want to be in a high rise somewhere in the city? Do you want to, you know, like, do you want to be working as a public defender? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there are so many opportunities within each division of, uh, like careers and stuff. Career, like that. Yeah. yeah. That, um, I think it's important to think about, like, if speaking in front of a, gr- a group of people in a courtroom seems mm-hmm. like terrifying to you, probably not so yeah. really what you want to do, mm-hmm. you know, um, as a psychologist, there's, you can work in schools, you can work in prisons. There's really phenomenal um, roles in prisons for psychologists. You can work in hospitals. I mean, the list goes on. But I think choosing a career, I I sort of wish I had thought about, like, what do I want to do every day? Mm. Like, how do I want to spend my those eight, nine, ten hours, depending on how you know how long you work? Um, What do I want to actually be doing? So, for example, like as a as a medical doctor, Mm. you could be a radiologist in a dark room (laughs) (laughs) looking at a lot of Uh x-rays and Mm. and stuff like that not really interacting with patients that often or you could be like you know plastic surgeon i mean Mm. like there's so many options but but those two jobs technically they're doctor yeah they look completely different different on a day-to-day basis and so it's it's figuring out 
how you want to spend your days. What makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Like, I love being at school. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like schools, generally. I like seeing the kids. I love seeing the little first graders and yeah. like running around. I like hearing the choir sing. Like, all that stuff brings me joy on a daily mm-hmm. basis that I didn't have at the hospital. Okay. The school. So. I like that because I feel like how you spend your days is how you end up spending your whole life. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. Yeah, they all add up. Mm-hmm. That's yep. exactly right. Okay, well, thank you, Dr. Gabby. Yep, that's it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This was fun. You got it.